0: Hey, you guys. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. So excited for our guest today, Julie Hannon. You guys are going to love her. Before I dive into our episode, though, I just had a couple announcements. I just want to tell you that if you're in the New England or Boston area, I have a bunch of exciting events coming up. I have an event about how to do a detox and how to fit it into your busy life um, and why you would even think of doing a detox and why it's so life changing. All those things are going to be covered in this hour talk. So, if you want to get details on that, I think the best place to do that is over at the Plan Simple Meals Facebook page. Um, also, up, coming up pretty quickly is Solopreneur. Um, solo is S O U L, like our soul, Solopreneur. And I'm co-hosting that actually with two wonderful women, one of whom was on last week's podcast, Denise, and Vanessa, her business partner. And this is going to be an amazing event too. The planners will be here for that event. And if you're an entrepreneur and like the idea of meditating and yoga and want to learn also a little bit more about Facebook Live and getting your voice out there, then this is a great event for you and it'll be really intimate so we can get to know each other a little bit. So you could get to that. Let me think of the easiest way to do that. The easiest way really for any of this is to go to plansimplemeals.com and get on our mailing list because that is the way that I mostly communicate um, what to find. So just make sure that you get on that list and that you're getting our emails and then you will be notified. I'm going to send out a big event email on Friday. So if you're listening to this in real time, you should get it then. If you're listening to this after the fact, I guess going to the Facebook, the Plan Simple Meals Facebook page is the best way to find out about upcoming events. So recently we renamed, in 2018, we renamed the podcast from Plan Simple Meals to Plan Simple. And this was because of the Flow Planner, which is coming to the United States shortly. It got printed overseas and it's on its way in a boat. Thank you so much for all those people who pre ordered, and for anyone who has not gotten theirs yet or has no idea what I'm talking about, I will tell you all about it the second I see them in my hand and off the boat. So, but when I created this planner, I knew that I wanted to get food on the same pages as the rest of our lives. And I knew that I wanted all of us mamas to really get purposeful about what the rest of our lives was and where we were putting our work hours and how we were looking at our lifestyle, what we were fitting in, because I know a lot of us can get really focused on kids and kids activities, and I wanted to make sure that we were giving ourselves enough space for our dreams as well. And in all that came up this fourth category that I realized was so important in my life and so important to the people who had been in my programs and who I had coached. And I called it Om. It did help make the name Flow for Flow Planner. It could also be called spirituality. I'm a big yoga person and Om is like my favorite part of every yoga class. I love it's when everybody chants at the beginning of a yoga class, the word Om for a very long time. And that vibration for me just makes me feel like a part of a community, a part of a group. It's amazing how that sound vibrates through your body and how you hear it differently when you first walk into a yoga class and when you're walking out because they do it at the beginning and the end. And so I called it that so that we would really also take time for the quiet moments, for the space that we need to really tune into what we want, like why we would be eating this way, why we would be putting time into food, why we care about our lifestyle and how we want to design it. Because I don't believe we're getting these things from the outside. I believe we're really getting these from our intuition and that we really can't access that if we don't have space, if we don't create space in our lives. And so that's really what the OM part is. And so from time to time, I'm going to have amazing guests on this podcast because What I can bring to the table is how to create the time and space to do this. Because by the way, you guys, when you create the time and space for this, if you're ever, if you are ever one of those people like I definitely have been where you're in the kitchen and you're like, why is this my job? Why do I have to create all these meals? And we all get there at some point in the week, right? And having these sort of more ritualistic spiritual practices that you can do right in your home Sometimes you'll you'll see some of Julie's strategies are so quick and easy; it just makes you feel better, Um, and it really lets you just have experience gratitude and all the things that you want to feel, but we don't always feel because our lives get so busy. And then, of course, in the flow planner is the work part, which we all know how to schedule that in because we usually schedule too much of it. So I'm not going to go there. I don't think I. I don't know if I even go there with Julie. So Julie Hannon. So. One of the things, so in my life, I have come to meditate almost every morning. I wake up before the kids, I come downstairs and I can spend anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes, depending on how much time I leave or how much time I wake up, how many times I press snooze in the morning. I'm not quite at the point yet where I wake up at, you know, 530 or six all on my own. I totally admit that there's still a little chime that goes off on my phone. But I come down and I I experienced this time recently based on the advice of the amazing Sarah Jenks, who was on a couple episodes ago. I also created Mia's modern version of an altar um, that sits in my office. And so I have that, which is just sort of like all the things that I've collected over the years, all the little relics, like a rock that was given to me by um, a, a mentor of mine to have a ripple effect, um, a stone that my husband brought back from Africa on a trip that has all these, supposed to have all these properties, Um, just all a lucky pig that my son gave me a mala bead that a friend made for me very, very intentionally. So I just have all these things sitting on this sort of tray and that's, something that I had to make time for I scheduled it in actually in the past like three weeks this is a new part of my life the meditation I've been doing for about two years but it really took me about eight months to make it a practice so we'll talk about the timing of all this we talk about it with a little bit on this episode but we'll keep talking about that if you hang around Um, not on this episode but in future episodes and then whenever I have like a big thing going on like I don't know, I'm feeling exhausted or foggy or I, my creative juices just are not, like I'm not accessing my creativity. I've come to learn that usually that's just a block, an energy block. And that, my friends, is when I go see the amazing Julie Hannon, who is a shamanic healer and teacher. And she's amazing. And she's totally committed to helping people discover their self, their joy, their beauty, their everything. I mean, she's just amazing, and so that is where I go when I need to dig deep. She's who I go to, so I'm so excited to bring her here to you guys today. So let's let's get her on the show. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have my friend Julie Hannon here today. Welcome, Julie.
1: Thank you, Mia. What thanks for having me.
0: Oh my gosh. And I, I say my friend. You're my friend, but you're also I like to call you my shaman because it's really cool <laughs> to say I have one. It's very anyway. Handy. <laughs> Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank so you. Let's dive let's dive in first. Can you so we're now dividing the podcast into different segments based on this the the flow planner which has recently come out. So we're having uh-huh. conversations about food about lifestyle about um and about work and i consider yours in the spirituality um phase yeah (laughs) so yep take us back a little bit because um take us back to i think you were sort of a new mom in corporate america before you found this work is that true that is true so will you tell us a little bit about your story of coming into this spiritual work and then we'll get into some gritties of things we can schedule in our own Um, lives
1: I had, um, small children when I was, I worked in human resources in biotech for the last 10 years of my full-time career. And then I did that for six years post, post this, but I, um, I had been called back from my second maternity leave early. I was able to take six months off for both my babies, but I had to come back early for my second one. And, um, my son wouldn't take a bottle and it was all of that. (laughs) And, um, and I spent the next two years, from that like, early departure from maternity leave in, in the angst of, um, of being in charge of layoffs, which is why I was called back early. So I had a very stressful job at that time. And I loved my company, and I knew I always wanted to do something different. I had no idea what it was. So after about two and a half years of that full time... Of laying people off full time. Of laying people off. Well, no, it was like sort of <laughs> seasonal. I'd lay people off, and then they'd give me a project because they loved me, and I'd do something else. I was yeah. in charge of diversity and all sorts of different things, and then it'd be time to do layoffs again. And then, oh goodness. Um, and then I was having adrenal fatigue and health issues, and not seeing my kids. And my kid actually asked me, one of my my older son actually, if I asked me if I would have another baby, and he wasn't excited about having a first second child. And I yeah. said, why? He said, I just want you to stay home, mom. So I left my job and in the space of that, knowing, having worked with executive consultants and done coaches and all these people that I'd hired to work for me, like some of the best in Boston, giving me free coaching, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And in that space, someone handed me a book on shamanic healing and, um, and that sort of started me on my path. Um, and I want to say, I want to take a step out of that. And even back from that, because I hear my husband's voice in my head saying, it really actually all started with the Waldorf School and studying oh, yeah. Steiner. Okay. Um, so I did some deep dives into anthroposophical studying and foundation studies and working with this, the, that place of opening my um, other senses. Yep. And then that shamanic stuff came in. And, um, and that was back in 2006, actually. So it's been quite a while. And it took me a couple of years to do the deep dive in the study. And then a couple of more years after that, Actually, it wasn't full-time into shamanism until 2012 when I finally let go of my my left brain work, as I call it, and stepped fully into this place of Aum, as you call it. <laughs> yes,
0: got it. So it's so interesting because um, totally so different because you have started to crack me open spiritually. But um, it's funny because... Uh, my food thing started a little bit with Waldorf as well. It just sort of dovetailed into that time, which is yes. for everyone listening where we met. But so if my oldest is 14, so he was born in 2003, he would have been f- three plus five is eight. So in like 2008 is when we started and he started in kindergarten and it was right when I was losing the weight. And I as well like dovetailed into all this amazing messaging that I didn't know existed because I had grown up, you know, with, religion which was felt very different to me Mm -hmm. Um, and this was like the first space where I don't know it was just uh, all all those beliefs felt really um, comfortable or everything that was going on at Waldorf felt really comfortable and um, simple yes um, as I was sort of going through this health journey so it's funny that that informed your work too because it's definitely informed mine (laughs) and I think a lot of actually listeners to this podcast um, have come through Kim John Payne's um, tele-summit so
1: well and that's the place even where you're you'll have to remind me it's food and something and Ohm and food
0: lifestyle work and spirituality
1: food lifestyle work and spirituality right so then in waldorf it's head heart and hands yeah and so the so the head of the thinking of the of the work and the and the uh, work and the food and the place of the hands and what we touch and then how do we take a seat in our soul and the ohm and the spirituality. So I would yeah. actually put put ohm and spirituality like in the same
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so yeah. I go back yeah. and forth. Yes, between yeah. those. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so so tell us a little bit well let's actually let's start at the end. So we talked a little bit before um we got on about what we might talk about this time and one of the things you said that you love teaching people is that sometimes everything is showing up just as it's meant to Mm -hmm. and i find that um, for sure when people find my work a lot of times it's at a place of discontentment either mm-hmm. with like body or food or picky eaters or at this point now that we're doing more scheduling stuff just life feeling crazy yes um, uh, you know just balancing it all so tell us a little bit about that tell us a little bit about sometimes that just being the way it's supposed to be in that moment
1: yeah so I think um, part of the place I hold it is that everything shows up perfectly And, um, depending on the timing of when you hear that message, the response or when that message is spoken to you are offered into your listening. It's a place of discovering maybe not having a yes to that. This can't possibly be perfect because this is really hard or I'm really exhausted or I can't last or it's going to, you know, even when I left my job, it's going to, I can't do this anymore. This can't be perfect. But it's in those places of discontentment, to use your word, where there's actually the richest, um, food, the richest nourishment, what we came here to do in our soul's medicine. So um, I love the metaphor of, um, you know, some of the biggest treasures come from the darkest places. Mm -hmm. So if you think of a very, very dark, like Symphony Hall, completely dark, no electricity, a tiny cricket, the tiniest little cricket could fill that space with sound. Yeah. And so it's like these little tiny things in big darkness can be very scary or overwhelming. But usually right before, right, you know, that silly metaphor, it's always darkest before the dawn, the place where it shows up perfectly because we're learning something, because it puts us in touch with you, because it helps us open up to the flow plan. We'll go looking for tools or community or ways of connecting um, as as a fuel for what we've come to do here on the earth. Like, why are we here?
0: I find when I look back at all those sort of big, great moments, there's definitely one of those harder moments, you know, not too right. far behind it that you don't right. always join them together in your head until you look backwards.
1: Look backwards. And part of the place is to remember. And part of my work is to help people start to remember that, oh yeah, we, I, like like nature, right? We go into contraction like the winter it gets frozen and then we burst open into spring and bloom again. And and, and it's when we're in the contraction that we don't remember You know, if we go all the way into, I remember when somebody told me when I was having my second child, they said, now a contraction only lasts 60 to 90 seconds. And I looked at them, I thought, really? I I I can do that. I can do anything for 60 to 90 seconds. So it's that place of like, it's just a flash, the place when you get most contracted in this whole scheme of your life. It's just that when you're in it, it hurts like heck, you know, it can be really, really hard.
0: Yeah. Do you want to talk seasons actually, now that you've mentioned seasons? (laughs)
1: Sure. Do um, I want to talk seasons as it relates to?
0: So I don't know. Two things just came up for me, both like the seasons of the year, which I know that you talk a lot about, or even mm-hmm. the seasons as re- they relate to the moon, because I've done mm-hmm. moon ceremonies with you. But mm-hmm. also I feel like there's seasons to this whole life, which reminds me of a Rudolf Steiner Waldorf right, thing.
1: of the seven cycles. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, gosh, you could go anywhere. And I'm going to um, trust where you go. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take a breath here. And I think there's a place of one of the ways I work. Hmm, I work in the four directions. Okay. Um, in what we call it the Taiwan Suyo, It's the calling of the four directions into the center, mm-hmm. into the ch- center channel of us. And I've started this year working with with heart, formally with heart math, but always have worked with the heart medicine and mm-hmm. our four chambers And starting to connect to all these different places of force, whether you're using the cycles of the moon, waxing and waning and new and full, or you're using the four seasons, or you're turning in four cardinal directions of north, south, east and west. All those places where when you go to each of the directions, then you come to center. Hmm. And so some of us are, you know, I can't wait to get to summer. Oh, summer's the best time. Oh, winter's the best time because I get to ski. Whatever our favorite is we have to go all the way around the wheel to get to have the full wheel to make that whole cycle. And so there's this place of turning and turning and being, and allowing the turning to be in the, to bring us to center. So I get really curious about where are you in your cycle? Are you in the place of contraction or expansion? Have you planted seeds when you went into the dark? Did you actually remember to plant seeds of intention? And then what do you want to bring into bloom? So it's that place of big cycling through and discovering Um, and then you mentioned the Steiner place of, he does seven year cycles, even though he also does really big seasonal things, um, of these places of seasons of your life. So the longer, the longer seasonal pieces of your life of how you work with what's happening for you in your, in your birth story, right. As it, as it lives out into your life. It's funny.
0: I don't know so much about that in adult Adults, I feel like I know more about it with children, and yeah. I'm always telling people who listen to me talk on this podcast and other places in my email <laughs> about the seven the my, the most important lesson for me and all that was the first seven years and how mm-hmm. there's pretty much like we don't need to say too much, you know, we don't need to do too much, say too much, like just let it be for those first seven years, which is hard in this day and age,
1: right? And um, and part of it is part of that place is the place that I'm talking about, that I mentioned that you, to bring us to the place of the beginning of the conversation of that. it all shows up perfectly. Right. And yeah. that, and that if we let it be and don't try to push and make it effortless, I think that was the other thing I said in our pre-conversation is how can you do, how can you create the greatest result with the least amount of effort?
0: Mm.
1: And part of that is by stepping into this place of being connected with spirit and being, and trusting what's that, that it's, that it unfolds perfectly.
0: Okay. So let's go there then. So what if someone listening is like, what are the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Connecting (laughs) with spirit. Like maybe I did that once, maybe I've never done that, but for sure, no matter what, like life is too crazy and I don't feel that space right now. So, you know, my goal is always to get people more time or feel like they have more time because we all have the same amount of time Mm -hmm. um, to deal with food and to practice these types of things. But what are some of what are some of the sort of rituals and practices that have that you teach or have really helped you in those, either of those two phases? I mean, maybe we should give people one to feel like they're in that contraction place or that expansion place.
1: Um, There's a place, one of my teachers always says, and I'm sure many teachers say this, that meditation is the, is not what you do every day. That's practice. Mm. And that, that meditation comes from the result of practice. So one of the best gives, gifts I've given myself on and off throughout the years, not always consistently, is to have a time of the day that is my practice time. Whatever that practice is for me, if it's yoga or going for a walk or going for a run, it's been different things at different times my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to have it be a set um set time or a set practice that I do every day. Yep. So um, And one of the ways that then to come to this place of how does spirit show up and how do you connect to spirit is this place of opening that place of opportunity to connect to to spirit or the divine or God or goddess or whoever, or the earth. Any of these places that feel, that resonate with you with the word or the language. Um, In this place of contraction, sometimes it's hard to be outside. People don't want to be outside in the cold. Hmm. I could put my little kindergarten tagline, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothes. There's a place of, get outside and be in nature and yet if you can take a minute every day I've started I found myself sort of cursing my computer and it's so great to be doing a podcast with you that's just audio for this moment but the place of like oh I hate my computer I hate email I hate and realizing oh this is actually my vehicle to the universe like this is my connection to the cosmos and I better figure this out because I need to be in in a good relationship with this yeah And, and I say in right relation in balance with it so now I like in front of my computer screen is all sorts of little altar things. And, you know, I light a candle when I sit down there to write for my website or do my work. So, so it can be as simple as taking a few breaths every day and lighting a candle and saying good morning to yourself and like let the light of the candle feed your heart Yep. and take a breath in and out of your heart space. Like if you could give yourself the gift of six slow inhales and slow exhales every day in and out your heart, lay your hands on your heart and just breathe into that space and breathe out and and start to follow your breath and observe your breath in and out of that heart space and really let take a seat in your heart for a little bit of this amount of time that we just did as my voice slows down that will give you an experience of spirit or it will open your body to an experience of spirit but also in that coming into relationship with your breath and your heart it helps us to step outside of time and the more we experience those places of timelessness the more time we have in our day
0: yes i love that and it's funny because breathing is kind of like drinking water in my world it's it's one of those things that's so simple Mm
1: -hmm. that i think
0: we forget the power of it um Mm -hmm. because of course we have time for six breaths right right (laughs) we just have to remember to take them Right. So I love that. A practice I've actually done is, in recent years, as, as I've had more practices built into my day, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, have just built over the years. So I mm-hmm. couldn't always meditate. I couldn't always walk or do my yoga. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they've just right. sort of built, the habits have built. Yes. Um, and I got to a point where I wasn't realizing how they were impacting my day. So mm-hmm. I actually write down now at the end of the day, all those things that I'm so grateful I can make time for Yes, um, you know, in this life that I've created of being able to work at home and be with the kids more and all that kind of stuff. And, um, cause I find that even if we do breathe, like you just, you have to remember, <laughs> you have to remember right. what that was like. <laughs> remember that well, space.
1: Right. And that's the place that, uh, you know, another one of the places that I dance with with people is that our brain, our body in the physical world sorts for danger and fear. And that's what we're biologically programmed to do. So the importance of that gratitude practice is so, it's so critical because we need to retrain. We need yeah. to help our help ourselves look for that because it, we're not trained to look for it. And certainly our culture doesn't really care about it. <laughs> they want to make sure that you're afraid so you buy or you spend or you do or, you know, whatever. Yep. And
0: when we get quiet, mm-hmm. um, like... Well, I'm just going to share what happens for me when I've learned how to get quiet. And then you can tell me what else everybody else needs to know. But one of the things that I've learned in getting quiet, especially as a mom, mm-hmm. is that I was so focused on when I became a mom, I think I like if I had a connection any sort of connection before a mom, i I lost it a little when I became a mom because I started to not trust myself. So, like if a child got sick, I would, call a doctor i would call my mom i would like i would literally like look so outside myself instead of like holding a child and really looking in myself knowing that i had the answer do you know what i mean and it's mm-hmm. funny because yes. today as we're doing this interview like i took a quiet moment before i did anything i had a daughter who was having some stomach aches and a sore throat and you know before i called anybody i took a quiet moment and had you know and 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 then I went to bed, actually, because it was last night. And I woke up in the middle of the night. And I was like, you know what? Maybe she has strep. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's, like, not that big of an aha, right? Anybody could inter- Google that and know it. But it's, like, if we don't trust ourselves and aren't quiet enough to hear that, like, we might go in a whole other. I could have, you know, spent weeks at doctors. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So right. I feel like it's important to point out that this isn't, like, cra- like, this doesn't have to be crazy. It can be as simple as about knowing whether to, you know, leave the house and go work at Starbucks or whether you need to be in your child's class someday or whether, you know what I mean? Like it, it's right. simple things.
1: Right. It's what you, it's, it's when you're walking out the door and something says, Oh, go back and grab that thing and put it in your purse. Yeah, exactly. It's this, it's the little, littlest, tiniest things and paying attention to them and honoring them and opening to them.
0: Yeah. So, and
1: it, so I say to people, you know, yes, have your lists, have your flow planner, write it all down, do all of that. And then breathe in and out of your heart and ask your heart what else yeah so you ask your you ask at the soul level what else needs to go in my bag and and then to do it even though it may not be logical (laughs) to put it in there and then later you'll know why it's there yes yeah
0: um and it's it's and it's it's so important and so hard not to pause (laughs) (laughs) um you know as with running around with with little people or big people and i think it becomes habit Um, Mm -hmm. right like I I don't know if you find that working because you have older kids but I think things I mean good things become habit like pausing but Mm -hmm. bad things become habit like busyness right and
1: yeah
0: so all of a sudden we don't have we're not chasing around little children but we might still have those same habits
1: right and and, and then it's the place of how do you this is the dance I've been doing in the last couple of months in my life is every, if everything is perfect, then everything is perfect, including the busyness and the running around and yeah. discovering, like, what are the gifts of that? And what do I what am I what is it teaching me? What am I learning from being that way? And what do I need to lay down or do more or less of so I can have six breaths every hour? Yep. OK, so
0: breaths. Are there any other um, rituals that you would recommend to a mom, sort of a self-care like, take care of yourself first. Practices, and then maybe we can move into some children inclusive ones.
1: Um, take care of yourself first. Yeah, put your own mask on first. Right. What is what is your nectar for the day? You know, like what, like what is the thing that you're going to do if you if you take a breath in the morning, if you at when. I'm going to say when you all, all of you (laughs) listeners, when you all in the morning set your, you know, you set your flow planner out and you look for what you're going to do for the day. And you say, here I am planning my day. Where's the nectar for me today? What's the one thing I'm going to do for myself, which could be stopping everything right then and taking your six breaths or any number of things. Um, and my strongest wish for people is that they take a moment to connect with their own inner guidance and with spirit and One of the things that I help people to discover is what is your own unique, you know, what's your cell phone number spirit? How do you connect to spirit? Because I could say, go outside and take a walk or light a candle or pour a glass of water and really tune into and send positive energy to the water. Um, It could be many, many different things. It's about your frame of how can you be connected to your heart when you do whatever that is that, that sets aside a specific time for you. And my biggest encouragement would be to actually have a specific time in a place that is your time and place. So whether it's your, you know, light a candle at your desk, if that's the place, or you have a cushion that you keep in the floor of your bedroom that, you, you know, before you even, anybody even knows you're up in the morning, you get up and you slip out of bed onto the cushion and you just are there for five minutes. You set a timer and breathe that it's your time and space any time of the day. That's, that's, um, set aside just for you. And it's sacred, very, very sacred. And then, and then that was actually one of the best gifts I gave myself when my kids were little, I did 20 minutes of yoga every day. And, and Mike, and you know, at the beginning they were sort of crawling around under me and in my, on my mat and in my space. And then they knew, Oh no, this is 20 minutes and mom's not interrupted at this time. And they were able to manage that until they were seven or eight or that when they really had to still be managing it, they just knew that that was because it was sacred for me. And then it wasn't a question for them.
0: I think that's such an important lesson for us to learn that so often we think it's our words that set those boundaries (laughs) with our kids and our spouses and whatever. But a lot of times our actions are so much stronger Um, and kids totally understand that. And we're respecting their boundaries all the time, right? As we take Mm -hmm. them off to do all these things
1: Mm -hmm. um,
0: that we do with them in the day. Those are sort of their boundary
1: times. Yes. Um, yeah and being in ser- and we're in service to them so how can we be in service to ourselves
0: Yeah And I personally like meditation wise you know I've now gotten into the habit of waking up and meditating every morning I find that if I do it first thing it actually happens <laughs> whereas if I don't right. the day seems right. to get away from me I've I've actually toyed I've heard of a lot of people who say they love their meditation practice before bed Yeah um so I've thought a lot about that but I'm always near my husband at that time and So so somehow, like, I don't, you know, I can't find the space as much, not that he's not Mm -hmm. awesome, but like, I just can't find the meditation space as well. But when, you know, when my kids were littler, I couldn't have gotten out of bed and gone and found my space because I was panicked that if I walked down the stairs, I would would wake someone up. So I would just, I would just stay in bed. And like, that was my, I sort of meditate sort of sleep phase of my life, you know, where I'd like try to just do it before anybody woke up, but I wouldn't move an inch, I would just be in my bed.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, and some people would have, like I've done for a while, I did that. And I did uh, morning pages practice, Mm -hmm. which was just writing three pages longhand. And I kept a flashlight next to my bed and a pad of paper and like, even not wake my husband because it's the same kind of thing. Like if I can just lay here really quietly and just do this creative practice, it would give me such great access to parts of myself that didn't have, I didn't have access to otherwise. So for some of us also... There's also the place of, like, for some of us, we need words because we're so full of talking. We need to just be able to let some words out. Yeah. So, you know, doing a mantra or saying or having something to, uh, a mantra to say or to chant or to be or to listen to really helps quiet,
0: yes. you know, to
1: quiet and stillness.
0: Yes. And I, I feel like I've, um, like, someone was on this podcast who shared that they meditate in the car. Yeah. Which I haven't seated at, but I mean, anything's possible
1: anything possible. so i love that
0: so let's talk about um about sort of practices that include kids so i mean you are we already shared sort of how kids can be around and underneath us and whatnot but um mm-hmm. but what are some ways that we can i feel like in this day and age this is so important um mm-hmm. i feel like so many you know there's many families who i guess have a still have a religious practice but i feel like yep the younger generations don't necessarily, but, but we all crave that connection. We all crave it, whether we're part of that or not. So yep. what are, what are some ways that we can cultivate that with our, with our kids maybe at different stages?
1: Yeah. So I, um, so one of the ways I like to think about it and offer to, to, uh, to people is to think about creating ceremonies because what you're saying, we all crave that is that place of ceremony and coming into really deeply, um, of ceremonial space. It's the food for the soul. It's the om, right? Yeah. So, so we have done all different things. We have, um, to include our kids. I had a book of earth prayers on the table for a long time. Um, so, and people would pick a, you know, just open the book and read a prayer before we ate dinner. We have, um, always not always, but we have for many years done a blessing that different people offer a blessing before we, So often it's around food, Yeah, (laughs) These ceremonies are around food. So it's um, quiet time before we start with like, you know, I have my favorite timer on my iPhone Insight timer and I and we set a timer for two minutes and we sit in silence and breathe before we eat um, when I'm not really wanting them to eat it while it's hot. (laughs) Um, But there's all those places of coming together around food and ceremony and having the celebration and sharing gratitudes for the day. Mm hmm. Um, and then I've invited my children into other practices, like, um, you know, being in the lighting a candle space or, um, sitting with me while I meditate or, and as the kids, my kids are now 15 and 18, so they're not so interested. And actually Mm -hmm. for a while, when my older one was sort of seventh, eighth grade and into early high school, he actually, you know, went through that, that place of moral development of like, Oh no, not my parents. Yeah. (laughs) Anything they do, no. Yeah. And now that he's a freshman in college, he's like sort of starting to appreciate some of those places already. Yeah. Of, of missing that and well, can't wait to come home and, and be sometimes part they of that. Just
0: can't hear it from us. So I right. have a 14 year old who doesn't want to hear anything from me, but just six months ago in this phase, he started meditating every morning at 6am because he learned about it on another online program <laughs> by someone right. he respects. And, but, and the thing is, is that I don't know if he would have done that if he hadn't woken up to me meditating. Do you know what I mean? Like, I still am going to take some credit for it, even though I know perfectly well he couldn't. It wasn't me who initiated it. Like, I think that's where as we're modeling, as we're taking care of ourselves, we're actually teaching those things that we're doing sort of unconsciously.
1: Yes. Well, but I th- and I think that what you're doing is tilling the soil for yeah. that seed to be planted, because without having done that. And if we go back to the seasons, you have to really compost. You know, you have to go through and prepare the ground. Yeah, you can't just throw. I mean, you can just throw seeds out your backyard, and some of them will get eaten by birds, and some of them will lay fallow, and some of them might find their way into the earth, and some of them will just blow away and be carried down river to somebody else's um, ready soil. So it's it is all those places that we do that we plant the seeds, and and to just be really clear, what the other thing is to be really clear with where like we talked about earlier with the yes and the no, like I was really clear about my yoga practice. You've been really clear about your meditation practice and, and be that way with the kids too around like, no, I'm really clear. This is, we're having the ceremony now. And I understand you're not comfortable. This is what we're doing. Yeah. So there's this whole place in this culture that seems a little bit more permissive around that stuff about, Oh, the kids don't really have to participate. Actually they do. They live under my roof, not from a bully place, just from a place of this is what we're doing. This is what's for dinner. This is what we're doing. And before dinner, we have a little ceremony. Yeah. And it's funny because sometimes things like
0: sound different than how they are. So I've found I've been pleasantly surprised at how my kids can show up to things, you know, Mm -hmm. how they act in things, even when maybe they said they rolled their eyes (laughs) at first mention. Like it's all nurturing stuff, right? All this ritual and ceremony type stuff is is nurturing. That's why we do it. Yeah. Um, And so it really, you know, it helped my, my kids have, I started putting um, Oracle cards on the, on the table by the couch. So my, or and and spirit animals, I think became trendy with children. So we have all these cards and they're always going through them and seeing the meaning and deciding what their day is. And it's silly, you know, it's little things, but still it's all, you know, it's
1: all real. Right. And those are the places where they start to realize they can ask for guidance. Yeah. And so part of it is that, you know, you say when you go to bed, you know, your child is struggling and you say, let's both dream about that tonight. Let's yeah. see what we find out in our dreams. Let's ask for an answer in our dreams. Yeah. And it's that simple. It's that's the thing about the least least amount of effort for the greatest result. Sometimes it's simply in, it's the place where you simply have to ask the question. Yep. First, you have to ask the question. If you don't ask the question, there's no answer.
0: Yes. So, and I, I so. love that. I love that you both ask about it in your dreams. That's awesome. That's my, yeah. I love that strat, that tip. That's a good one.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and, then... and, and it's, I, and I, I like going back to the why of all this, maybe, like mm-hmm. circling back, because I feel like maybe we just jumped right in. I'm yes. totally on board as Julie as my shaman. <laughs> but the why of all this to me is that I feel like it just keeps getting worse and worse that we're more and more alone. Mm-hmm. Um, as humans, you know, so it's like, we feel that as moms that we're like, here we are, like our sometimes, like in the very most stereotypical of situations, our husbands are going off to work, we're home with the kids, you know, like, it's just, it's right. lonely so where it was never liked right. that way. Um, yeah. and children I think are getting the same. It's like, you know, sc- the typical school situation, it's like very, you know, each man out for each person, each child out for their own, like, you know, who can make it to the top. And I feel like part of the why behind this is just to show kids that they're part of something bigger than just themselves, which isn't always reflected probably in their day to day life.
1: Right. There's this um, great Einstein quote. I use it on my, my non shamanic email tagline. It says um, we have over, oh i just just went out of my head that so that we we've overlooked the intuition basically yeah we've we've forged our 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 education we've overeducated and undernourished the intuition
0: yeah
1: and um and this place of you know we feed ourselves well we educate ourselves um in schools we learn all this knowledge all these facts but what's our soul's medicine And this place that we're talking about, the why, right, is that we come to the world with four levels of engagement. So there's the body and all of that, and the language of that is the cells, and there's the mind and the motions, and that's about words and symbolism. And then the soul is the place of art and music and dance. And over all of that, if you think of them like Russian nesting dolls, the outside place is the world of the energetic. And Mm. this place of ceremony dances between that soul and the energetic. And so if we're having an issue um einstein also says you can't solve a problem at the level was it was created you have to go up a level so if you're having an issue that's you know like crazy thinking or having feeling very stressed or not working out so well um with your patterns you want to go work at the level of the soul and the energetic and you want to call in that place of connecting the energetic is connecting to spirit and make art make music make you know go dancing light a candle
0: i I love that einstein said that (laughs) Because that's, like, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Versus, you know, whatever. Um, I love that. Cool. All right. So tell people how and why they'd get a hold of you. And we will, um, put, we will put a link in the show notes to Julie's um, website, but why so, so tell and how they get a hold of me. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So. So. Here's the Einstein quote that I was looking for. It says, okay. the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. Okay. We've created a society that honors the servant and forgotten the gift. Mm. So you would get a hold of me if you want to come back to that gift. Mm. Not from, uh, yes, absolutely to um, access your intuitive mind, but also to be in the place of what's your purpose and why are you here? And if you're in a caught in this place of being stuck on the treadmill or in a pattern that you just can't seem to shift, it's to create more joy in your life. My website is innerpeaceandwellness.com. Um, and, um, I just actually updated it and we played around my, me and the developer with sticking in inner peace, joy and wellness in the carrot it just didn't quite fly visually <laughs> or graphically. Um, but it is this place of finding your joy and rediscovering it. So whether you're doing that as a, on a personal journey with a few sessions, working with the, as Mia says, if I'm being your shaman, or you want to take a deeper dive into the teachings and um, step into a medicine wheel journey where we go into these four seasons, into these four places of shedding your personal stories and your ancestral stories, and then coming into the place of the new maps and making possibilities and becoming the dreamer of your life and the life of your family and your community. That's the journey of the medicine wheel. And that's a longer uh, four weekend program that, that I offer. That's will be starting again uh, in New York, actually on Long, out in Long Island. So, yeah, that's how you find me, wellness dot com, and um, and I'll be around in other ways too soon. Awesome.
0: And I but. can't tell you how happy I am that about the four number because I got that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but flow, let's flow. Let's the floor, flow. the four thing is good. It's um, really good. So it's funny because we recently rebranded the podcast, and I what I do to make my time better is I, um, I do all the interviews sort of at once for, you know, an expanded amount of time so that my life flows better. And I'm thinking that the question I always ask at the end is about a meal that made an impact on you. And now that we're talking about more than the food, I'm wondering if that makes sense, but is there a meal mm-hmm. that has made a really big impact on you, either what you had, who you shared it with, or
1: some aha uh-huh you had? While at wow, the table. that's an interesting question. That, that requires a little... You know, what, I know. What, what, pop, what popped into my head right away was um, a recent meal I had with a friend actually at a medicine wheel. She was doing some exchange with me um, to make it affordable for herself. She helped sh- um, provide some of the food ah. for the workshop. And she used to be a jockey on horses. And she did so much with crockpots. Oh, interesting. And so I have an Instapot. So it popped into my head, this places of coming around like stone soup and all the places of meals where people bring a little something and you put it in and you make this magical meal.
0: Yeah.
1: So really that place of, of one community gathering.
0: Yeah.
1: Different than a potluck, which is sort of that place of all the individuals coming together and making beautiful things but that place of coming together with that stone soup and the magic that when, when we put stuff together and what happens with the alchemy of food.
0: Yeah. I love that. We we actually made stone soup in my daughter's third grade class this year and it was amazing. Yeah. It was very cool. Everybody brought just the right thing and it turned out really good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All the kids ate it. Yeah. And my, one of my kindergarten teachers used to, uh, uh, you know, on Wednesdays we would actually bring, everybody would bring a vegetable or something for the soup. Yeah. And I love it was that. totally random what came and they were all great. And the kids ate all of them. I love that. Z- zucchinis, broccolis, <laughs> yellow squash, none of the traditional things, just whatever was there. So cool. Yeah.
0: All right. So that kind of completes us, except I have this nagging feeling in my head. Mm-hmm. And you can say yes or no that you could lead us through it like a two minute meditation. Does that, do you oh, have I'll one be happy in your to head? Do. Yeah, I Okay, I'll let's do that. To.
1: That's exciting. (laughs) Okay. So if you're driving, pause. If you're driving, please, (laughs) yes, please hit pause or pull over. So take a moment, put your blinker on. (laughs) Because the first thing I want you to do is close your eyes (laughs) and put your hands on your heart. And I like to lay them one on top of the other and breathe in through your heart and out through your heart. And see if you can allow yourself to come... To lengthen your breaths so you inhale slowly and exhale completely and then follow that same rhythm and pace and breathe with all of your attention going in and out of that heart space And then on your next inhale, imagine that your mind drops into your heart if it hasn't already. And you keep exhaling through the doorway of your heart. And then as you breathe in and out of that heart space, allow yourself to recall a time, a genuine feeling of appreciation or gratitude or honoring, and to bring that up in your awareness and your breath so that that vibration comes in through your heart and it's exhaled out through your heart into the bubble of your energy being that's all around you. So that you start to vibrate with that genuine feeling of appreciation, gratitude, that vibration of the love of the universe or the universal love. Mm -hmm. And then from that deep seat in your heart center, ask your heart, what's what's she longing or he longing? I imagine most of you are women listening to this meditation and just find out what's the longing in your heart center. Ask from the deep listening of your hands on your heart, the deep vibration of your breath that moves in and out of that heart space. And then take one more breath in and out and ask for an intention. What would you like to create in the next day, in the next hours? What's your intention for this next period of time? And take and receive what's ever offered right away. So much of our intuition comes in that first breath, that first 60 seconds, that first moment. And we overlook it looking for the other thing. So ask one more time, what's your intention for the day, for the next bit of time? And then on your next exhale, send that intention out into your the palms of your hands, like you can exhale it right out through your heart. And then bring your palms together in front of your hands, in front of your heart, so that your thumbs rest on your sternum and in between those hands, the palms of your hands, is that intention. And breathing in and out of that heart space, find your next exhale, and extend your arms out in either direction, right straight out from your shoulders, and release that intention out of your palms, release it to spirit, to the universe, to, as we say, to let let it show up as it will. You set the intention and you release it, trusting that it will show up perfectly. And then take one more breath and bow your head to your heart in gratitude for taking this time to breathe, to be present in your body, and to listen deeply to your heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, sweet Mia, for this wonderful invitation to be with you and to share meditation and to share some heart space across the airwaves and the ways that we all connect with our breath. So when we come together in breath, it's the deepest way of connecting with each other, to just be in one in our breath.
0: Thank you. I love that. That was perfect. Perfect ending. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today and for all the strategies and the meditation.
1: Thank you, Mia. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.
0: Oh my gosh. I hope that you guys loved that. So the meditation, I actually will also extract from this podcast. So you'll see that on the show notes page, just as its own little recording. So if you want to go back and listen to that, tune into that at any point, you know where to find it. I will see if we can also do that in iTunes. I'm not hundred percent sure about that, but it will definitely be on the show notes page. So at the end of every episode, I always go through and pull out three doable changes that were shared in the episode so that you guys can really take action on what you hear, what you learn when you're listening to the guests and integrate that stuff into your life because it's great to listen to stuff, but it's nothing compared to actually doing the stuff. And I do always share three doable changes because I have a feeling one will speak to you more than the other. If you're the kind of person who wants to do everything, I actually highly encourage you to just do one at a time. My practice is that every Sunday night, I think of one wellness experiment. Sorry, I call it the weekly wellness experiment. One thing to experiment with for the week. And I really figure out like how it's going to fit into my life, how I'm going to create boundaries around that, where I'm going to schedule it in, how I'm going to ask for help, all that stuff. So I can actually... Learn to do the thing, because otherwise, if I do too many things, it might last for a couple of days, but it means that I haven't really put together the structure that will enable me to do it for a long term. So, for example, with meditation, I needed to ask my hobby to keep the kids upstairs at first when they were younger. Um, now, sort of the kids know that that's my time. If they come downstairs in the morning, it's cool, but then. Just leave me alone. (laughs) You know, just be quiet. Leave me alone. I'll come help you in a sec. Don't yell for me. And so I've sort of created this structure around it. And then there's certain days where it doesn't work early. And then I figured out how I can fit it in later in the day. And so I just had to play around with that so I could really make sure it worked. Because I find that when I do that every day, it really changes things a lot. (laughs) It really changes how I parent and how I take care of myself and how I eat, actually. So let's go through, oh, and if you want to download um, more than what I'm going to share today, if you want lots of ideas, it's funny, I ask you to pick one and then I give you lots, you can definitely go download 101 doable changes on the Plan Simple Meals website and you would just go to plansimplemeals.com slash 101 and you can get those. And I think I shared last week that this, uh, this is sort of the last time I'm going to announce this. It's not like the thing is going to go away, but I have something new and exciting to give away that's just not quite ready to share with you yet, but I'm hoping it will be by next week. It's more on the scheduling side, so I'm super excited for that. So three doable changes that were shared on this episode. I promise I'm getting to that. Number one is breathe. Lay your hands on your heart and breathe into that space and then breathe out. Start to follow your breath and observe your breath in and out of your heart space. Really see in your heart for a little bit. Give yourself the gift of six slow inhales and six slow exhales every day in and out of your heart. You guys, that takes 30 seconds, but sometimes the easy things are the things we forget to schedule in. So this will be a good one. It wouldn't take that much time, but you'd probably have to set an alarm to remind yourself and then actually do it. Sometimes the little things are the hardest, so we really have to commit to doing them and reward ourselves. And I can promise after a week, if this one is going to impact you, you'll have done it for a week and you'll keep going because it impacted you. All right, number two, find your nectar. When you set up your planner or your to-do list for the day, ask yourself, what's the one thing I'm going to do for myself? Make sure there's something sweet, something just for you on there. And I want you to do that every single day. I think that is great advice. All right, you guys? So breathe, find your nectar. And it's funny, the flow planner kind of Talks you through that, although she's even better than me, the one thing. I think I do three things, but the three things you could pick work things, and this is really about really that one thing that's for you and only you. So number three, create a simple ceremony. So Julie offers the example of having a book of earth prayers on the table and having somebody choose one blessing to read before dinner. It could be lighting a candle and breathing before you start your work for the day. And it can be simple, but the point is that it's intentional and it creates a special space for either you, so like the example of my meditation and my altar, or for your family, like the idea of doing something before a meal. And guests have shared a lot of different strategies for that actually over the years. Um, I think Nina Mandelson, who's funny also friends with Julie, um, shared that she does a moment of silence before meals. We've shared doing a thorn and a rose to really get everyone centered around their day and like let go of their day before they sit down, before they're sort of eating at the table. Um, So there's lots of different little things you can do that don't have to be fancy, but the idea is that they're intentional and with intention sort of comes reverence to life and it makes a big impact, those little things. So, those are the three doable changes I have to share with you guys today, and I will see you guys on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.